Welcome back to the 1009 Podcast. Me and Grayson here uh, talking some college football, NFL, maybe some playoff baseball. Uh, we know it is Grayson's official Braves era um, with the playoffs going on. The Angels officially being eliminated, even though that has been a thing for a couple months now. But <laughs> it's, it's a, unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, unnecessary. We had, we had the single greatest season compared to any Mike Trout season uh, from Ronald Acuna. <laughs> all right. I, I'm all in on the Braves. This is year four, I believe, of uh, when the calendar flips from September to October. I become a Braves fan because, one, it's enjoyable. Uh, two, there's a lot of players like, for instance, Acuna, um, who I enjoy watching independent of any kind of team fandom. Uh and also now there's a certain picture I absolutely uh, am going to be watching anyway, so I might as well jump on the bandwagon. But I do have tenure on said bandwagon, so this is not just because they are the betting favorite in Vegas, which we'll get to later on. I do have some questions about that from a true diehard. Um, but yeah, the Angels suck with the Twins win earlier today. Uh, they have the longest playoff win drought in baseball. The last time we won a playoff game, it was 2009 against the Yankees in the ALCS. But baseball sucks. I'm an Angels fan. Who cares? Uh, college football happened this weekend. Um, another week, another Colorado loss, although they did score the last 20 points of the game to make it close. But um, moving quickly past that to actually good programs. Uh, Clemson played kind of well. Cade looked pretty good. Maybe his best game start to finish the entire season. Uh, won the turnover margin, won the game, as has been Pretty telltale all season. Um, not a lot of takeaways just because of the opponent. Syracuse was 4-0 against schools that you could probably beat with a high school all-star team. So that was, you know, a nice story for them to have that zero until they hosted a team that, in my estimation, was had a chance of winning eight games this year. So, um yeah, for me, not a lot of takeaways. I missed parts of the game. I was out and about at a wedding over the weekend. So, um, in general, from what I was able to see and able to read up on, it seemed somewhat encouraging, again, just because of who it was. Um, although that's a place that Clemson stumbled before with actual playoff caliber teams in the past. So, um, you know, final score does not tell the story of this one. I'll say that uh, first and foremost. But uh, what did you pull from another Clemson victory on Saturday? Uh, I was kind of in the same boat as you. Uh, I was down in Savannah going to a concert, so kind of spent the day walking around there, uh, hitting up some bars, just kind of chilling. Me and the old, me and the fiance went down there, but um, was able to poke in my head in to watch a couple games every now and then. And from what I saw and watching highlights, I mean, it was probably our most complete game outside of like Charleston Southern, even though that wasn't even all that complete. Or FAU. Yeah. yeah, it's like a biggest complete game. Defense, I think, is good. We have a top probably 10 defense in the country. Um, and, I mean, the offense, I mean, we got plays out of Stiletto from on a, from my receiver. Bo Collins got wide open for our, what felt like our first, you know, explosive play of the season that resulted in a touchdown. Yeah, there's still some question marks with the offense, whether, like, they like want to push the pedal for games and stuff like that and keep it on the gas. 
it just kind of seems they get kind of complacent with game games and play calling. So I don't know if that's a Garrett Riley thing or the head ball coach kind of getting a little into the play calling. But overall, I can't really be upset about a 31-14 road win against a place that we have known to so much struggle in. So I I don't feel as bad about the Duke loss now. I know we'll get into that against Notre Dame. Um, so it's I mean it's just another it's another another week another win so can't complain. Uh, yeah, great day from Tyler Brown who may be another homegrown talent that really emerges in the wide receiver room. Uh, if I see Brandon Spector on the damn field one more time, where the game is anything in question. I'm just going to start turning the game off. Uh, I, I don't understand. I get that we don't have the deepest receiver room in the country, and even the guys up top are not up to the standard that's been left by guys previously. Um, I mean, the school was known as wide receiver U until the recent resurgence in Columbus. So, I, I mean, we're a far cry from that. But I still think we can have some pride about ourselves. Um, that needs to stop. Uh, Cole Turner, fine, over the top. I'll give you that. No more of that. I, I just, it's embarrassing. He is a fine player and from a family of good players, but I, I do not think that we need to let that experiment have any more leeway anymore. Uh, yeah. It's not effective. It will not be effective. And the only thing we're doing is hurting ourselves. I'm sure our opponents love to uh, see him out in the field because that we know that's at least one guy not going to burn us for anything explosive. Um, so uh, you mentioned complete game. That's pretty fair assessment from what I can see. Um, we're getting to the meat of the ACC schedule. we got teams like Miami, North Carolina, Notre Dame coming up uh, on the near-ish horizon. Uh, it'll be here sooner than we think. So um, Wake Forest at home on deck for homecoming. Not a lot of juice in that one compared to especially a year ago when these two teams played. There's a ranked matchup. Clemson's still perched within the top five when they met up in Winston-Salem in a thriller that needed more than 60 minutes. Um, you know, just looking ahead briefly, you'd like to think that's a win. That was a win before the season. I don't think that that's one of the ones I'm concerned about, given what we know now through five games. Um, you know, certainly didn't see this team being three and two. Um, you know, you figured maybe they dropped the Florida State game, that'd be it. Uh, but the Durham disaster happens behind us. We can't do anything about it now. Um, we will talk about that game uh, in Durham this past weekend with Notre Dame in town, game day there and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, I see no reason to, why not to expect this team to be four and two. Um, and that's that's encouraging after a one one and two and two. So, I mean, it's, you know, lowering the bar temporarily, not as a program overall, but within the microcosm of this specific season. Uh, I think that, you know, Winning games that aren't gimmies is a positive, I guess. Um, you know, it's been a bit of a struggle to glean positive thoughts about this team. But when they do show good things, we're going to have to give them credit as harsh as we're on them when that's also warranted. So, I mean, what do you think going forward for this team? Did, that, did Saturday change any of your thoughts there in any significant way? I think, I don't know, I think this is a team that's going to, get better with just more reps. Um, you know, we might play down to opponent here and there. I do feel a lot better than what we were feeling, after, honestly, after the Duke game. We thought all – after the, probably the first five quarters, 
five and a half quarters of the season, we thought that this team might go like eight and four, something completely stupid. I guess just one, like what I really want to see more, and I know you touched on it with Spectre, but is the wide receiver play. That's really kind of wide receiver play and the tight end play. We haven't heard, I've been on this case for a long time now. Where's Adam Randall? What has he been doing? He's done nothing. Tyler Brown obviously has emerged like we've mentioned plenty of times. We know what we got in Antonio Williams. Bo Collins can be good. So where's Adam Randall? Um, defense, it seems, I don't I don't worry about the defense. Uh, so it's, what I'm looking forward to most for the rest of the season is just improvement out of the wide receivers. That's my main focus right now. Yeah, I mean, similar to the thought process going into the Orange Bowl, uh, a game in which a once-proud program danced around like they won a championship beating a backup quarterback. Um, you know, I think that we can build towards next year now and improve now, and it's not going to serve us nationally any good because we got two losses in September. Uh, but there's certainly other things to play for. We can get a decent bowl bid. I mean, this is a team that's two years removed from a cheese at bowl, so... Um, be nice to fall somewhere between there and the Orange Bowl, closer to the Orange Bowl, as close as we can get. We will not be in the Orange Bowl, but um, you know, Charlotte's essentially not quite mathematically, but uh, reality-based equation is not going to happen. So, uh, you know, just seeing this team come together and find ways to win, eh, even there's, with it, there's a just, chance we can get to Charlotte. We need help. We need a sure. lot. Of help. Yeah, we need a lot of things to go our way. Uh, really every week, honestly. Um, and we have to win out. So, you know, going to Miami in 10 days, I'm going to have to, I don't know. We'll see. I'll talk myself into it by then. But, uh, I mean, you know, th- we can still have a pride about the program that although we're not going to reach the heights set out preseason or, you know, by the teams that came before, um, the offense is really young. There's one senior on offense. I mean, there's a lot of these guys are going to come back. Um, I don't see anybody on this offense leaving early for any professional aspirations. Um, or if they do, uh, good luck is what I want to say. Because I, we've seen guys get bad advice and do it before, but they were coming off championships. So um, I expect a largely intact offense for next year, which, I mean, it seems crazy. Not even happy through this year. So I'll talk about it next year. But, uh, you know, obviously not a whole lot to play for playoff-wise, championship-wise, all that stuff. So, I mean, it's still good to string wins together, and they all give a shit, it seems like, which is nice. Because, uh, you know, some places, A&M, et cetera, a lot of talent, no one cares, and it kind of gets reflected on the field once adversity hits. Um, so I don't see a collapse happening. They've strung together. Um, or they had a chance to string together a couple ACC wins, make some noise. You mentioned maybe sneak into Charlotte. Uh, I'm not holding my breath there, but, I mean, to be in active pursuit of something like that, even with the odds being as bleak as they may be, that's, I think, encouraging for the program overall. Um, you know, get another offseason with Garrett Riley and some new recruits, things like that. Um, so, I mean, overall, I guess I'm more optimistic for the future than I was thinking we were going to be 7-5, and five, um, which I don't think is going to be reality anymore. I think we got a lot of tough games in those schedule still. But um, I think as a program, Clemson's going to be just fine. Yeah, and we probably know Jacob feels pretty similar about a lot of things. Um, Seth is, you know, he's probably happy right now because we won, and a win is 
perfect if you heard our last uh our and previous tried, so. yeah our previous uh <laughs> podcast but i mean there's really i mean there's not much else to say i mean if we lost to Syracuse, it definitely would have been a lot more interesting podcast. But oh, that'd been covered. Death con one type stuff. Yeah, yeah, that would have been bad. We covered, which is a rarity for Clemson football. Um, Even in good years, we didn't cover. So uh, yeah, it's a, exactly. A rare so. treat for those who have the willpower to bet on Clemson football exceeding uh, predetermined expectations. So I did um, see. Um, Cover 3 was talking, and I, I know we referenced him a lot. That's just one of the podcasts that I listen to a lot to get my college football information. But they were discussing who is the best two-loss team in the country between us and LSU. Oh, it's Clemson. And they were, yeah, they were very heavy on Clemson. The AP poll, uh, which consists of idiots like Brett McMurphy voicing their just very, very, very – we said wild <laughs> opinions. Um, he has the worst polls ever. LSU is 25th on his ballot, or excuse me, 25th in the AP ballot. I've mentioned it preseason before Clemson started losing, so if you think this is out of spite, I would uh, look at some receipts there. But the AP poll sucks. It's always sucked. Uh, you know, it was only a small part of the BCS system when we had that in place, and now the playoff committee, they don't use it at all, thank God. Um, and you said and that, in a month uh, or so, we will get with the BCS standings and what they. Yeah, I'm pulling by. that up now just because I, if you think this year is wide open, now I'm going to read quickly uh, a tweet featuring. I'm assuming this is accurate, uh, formula-wise, but the BCS this year would have this is the top ten in order: Miami, Texas, Washington State. Yes, that is the third school I said. Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Oklahoma, Washington, Missouri, number 10, North Carolina, number 12, Liberty. I'm skipping a couple here. Number 16, Marshall, number 19, James Madison, and number 24, Alabama. I don't think that's completely accurate because I think the BCS might have a little more common sense to not rank. Marshall at 16 or Liberty and at 12? Georgia at 17, I might add. I mean, half of the top 10 is relatively right. I mean, you could yeah. mix and match some of the order. Right, and you, I mean, the top 17 are all undefeated. So, I mean, that's – Yeah. That plays a role in it, too. Uh, and obviously, with the BCS, there probably was some just crazy teams featured, but it seemed to get it right. In a championship game, and honestly, all the polls before that one are just kind of there for a reference point. They don't mean anything. Uh, I mean, famously, Mississippi State was number one in the first playoff poll ever produced, and they missed the playoff entirely. So again, yeah, um, you know, we might get some quirky figures like that in any system, but if they get the right X amount of teams in, then I think it's fine. That's why I don't hate the playoff necessarily. Um, it has its flaws, as does, as does every system. The primary one right now is that they want to throw it to 12 teams, which I think they're suspending now with the uh, mm-hmm. revelations in the pack two. Yeah. Uh, which is good. Way. So, you know, we don't have to watch three lost teams go to a college campus and get their asses kicked. That's, that's encouraging. Um, and I say that as a fan of a team who very, very 
may very well be in a position to have made a 12-team playoff. I do not want this team going to Texas and losing by 28 points. That is not something no. I want to experience ever. So, uh, and, you know, I get we've been spoiled in recent history with playoff berths and championship stuff like that. Even if we're a school like Penn State who hasn't made a playoff yet, if they're a two or three loss team, and I think they're very good this year, I don't think they will be. But in previous years, if they lose the two or three point toss games, why would you want to go play another one on the road? I, exactly. I don't think we will ever see a team win however many games it takes four in the bottom whatever seeds. I should have this up in front of me, but I don't. Like, I, to go on that much of a tear against that level of competition, like, I don't think 12 will ever win. I don't think 11 will ever win. I don't think 9 will ever win. I don't think 8 will ever win. With 4, there's the perfect amount of chaos. Every seed has won every. Every seed has won a championship. Ohio State won as a four seed, 15, I believe, with Zeke. Um, and, you know, the three games we get from that, yeah, there's usually a blowout semifinal, but that just goes to show if you can't find four that can play within 20 points of each other, how the hell are you going to find 12? Yeah. And that Burrow LSU team was up 49-7 at halftime, I think, on Oklahoma. Um, now, if you wanted to make an interesting and ban teams like Oklahoma and Notre Dame to get their ass kicked every time, you might find some more quality games. But, uh, I mean, does TCU last year rip off three wins in a row and make a title game? Probably not. Yeah. Um, uh, we see what they are now. And right. obviously they were a one-hit wonder, and they're a great story. But yeah. right, they so got so it, right. made a playoff. <laughs> I, and these teams were ranked in the top four, so they wouldn't have to go through that gauntlet necessarily. Yeah. Uh, but I guarantee you, if there were 12 spots, the TCU and Cincinnati would not have been ranked in the top four because the committee would have said, we're going to disrespect the hell out of them because we can put them six spots lower and they'd still be in, so they can't complain. Exactly. Um, but they're not expanding it right now, so we can table that. Thank goodness. Um, but, I mean, overall... How about this? Who right now, Bailey, because the answer is not Georgia, who is the best team in college football right now through four weeks? I, this is a weird one to say, but, I mean, people are not really overlooking them because of what they did the first three or four weeks. But Michigan hasn't really struggled with anybody. I know it's a bold thing to say. I mean, Texas – they kind of toyed around the last couple of weeks with some teams. Um, they have probably the biggest win against Bama, but I think overall, like, Michigan's defense is really good, and uh, they just need to score 30 points a game right now to win games. And they probably just need to score, like, 14 points, really. Let me, let me go look at their schedule. Um, sure. While you're yeah. doing that. Um... Uh, they Yeah, they just need to score – eight points and they win every single game so that's and to to be fair i mean they are against some not great teams but i mean we see a lot of times like georgia alabama clemson no like all these teams they give up like 10 to 12 points against any opponent because they just kind of give up towards the end of games and give up garbage times touchdowns but michigan's just not doing that and i know that they're they're gonna they have to play Penn State and Ohio State, but that's a little bit down the road. But right now, I got Michigan. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I don't hate the answer. I think that may really prove to be the answer, especially when we find Michigan spots where they can actually prove it. I, I just not. 
I don't know if I can glean number one team in the country from ECU, UNLV, Bowling Green State, Rutgers, Nebraska, with one of those being on the road. I, I just don't know if I can do that. Now, that's not to say they're not the best team in the world. I mean, no one said Blake Corm's name in eight, nine months. He's still there. He's still having a productive year at Michigan. But again, it's this schedule is so just abhorrent as far as difficulty goes. And they have Minnesota, Indiana, Michigan State, Purdue taking them through mid-November before they finish with, like you mentioned, it's very backloaded uh, at Penn State, at Maryland, and then hosting Ohio State to close out the regular season. So, I mean, they could start November undefeated and finish with two losses, and they'd be as squarely yeah. out of the playoff oh, then I'm as close totally to now. that too. Um, now that I said that, they're going to. That's going to happen. <laughs> I, and now, I mean, people said that about Clemson until they go and they beat a Saban-led team by 28 in the championship, and all of a sudden they find a different slant. But and that may also happen. But we've seen Michigan in the playoff twice, hadn't won a game yet. Yeah. And they've played the best team in the playoff, and they've played the worst team in the playoff, and they lost to both of them. Um, that it, I still that TCU game was just wild. <laughs> it was just a I, wild game. Yeah, that, that's one of those never forget where you were type things. Uh, I gotta say Texas, and it's weird yeah, because we're talking about choke artists. I mean, who better than this Texas team? Since Vince, Vince Young came for in the end zone against choke artist Zone teams. Cal, I, these two teams will probably combine for five losses. Uh, but right now, I mean, you mentioned. Texas is struggling. They did beat Wyoming by three touchdowns. Uh, that's a Wyoming team that's already showed fuller potential. Being a Texas Tech team that's been one of the larger disappointments across the country this year out in the Big 12, which outside of this Texas team in Oklahoma is horrible. Um, and I think Texas is going to whoop up on Oklahoma this weekend in the uh, Red River shootout. Yes, I said shootout because we're not sponsored, so I can. Um, but yeah, I just think you. that – you know, bidding a Jalen Daniel, or excuse me, Jalen Daniels did not play for Kansas this Saturday. He was scratched late with back tightness, which is some NBA injury report type shenanigans. But hopefully, obviously, he's okay. He's an electrical player. They beat him 40 to 14. Um, you know, that's prior iterations of Texas would have struggled with, would have lost to a team like that, especially looking ahead to Oklahoma the following week. Uh, they have some interesting games. After Oklahoma, because if they get to Oklahoma, I think they're going to be number one in the mm-hmm. eyes of logical people. Now, if that seeps into the AP ballots, I don't care. Um, there's three now in the AP poll. You would think a third ranked win would do it. Uh, they beat number three at the time, Alabama. They're facing number 12, Oklahoma, this Saturday. And uh, Kansas was number 24 when they matched up a couple days ago. So, they would have by far their best resume. They might already have one of the better wins. Um, of course, Ohio State being Notre Dame um, is certainly up there as well. But, I mean, we just saw Notre Dame struggle again. Um, but, yeah, I think it's Texas now. I just think Ewers, Starkeesian uh, might really finally overcome his past demons. And, I mean, that's there's always a storyline in college football somewhere. That would certainly be one to watch. And this Texas team that has been – Saying they're back, um, actually being back and showing it on the field and not through a microphone uh, would be good for college football in its entirety. And, I mean, if they get through Oklahoma, they finish with Houston, BYU, Kansas State, TCU, Iowa State, Texas Tech. I don't see a spread within a field goal the rest of the way. 
and they're mm-hmm. a touchdown favorite Saturday. So, I, I mean, it's all out in front of the Texas team. Uh, and it starts yeah. Saturday, obviously. Their toughest game left. I mean, they get into some road environments and, you know, conference play, and that can uh, – you're ugly head at times. We see it every single year. Uh, you know, it's, it's famous in the Pac-12, but it happens all across the country. It's going to happen in Georgia if they keep this up. Um, but I think it's Texas for right now, and I feel, I guess, better about Texas – call my own shot here i think they do beat oklahoma i don't think it's necessarily that much of a struggle um i think oklahoma is kind of like the uh the Ole miss the kentucky and the sec last year they're off to a good start but they haven't had to play an a game yet really i think texas has um they've played two of them in my estimation just beating alabama like they did uh beating kansas even without daniels uh, that's not a bad kansas team they were 4-0 ranked nationally um so I think it's I mean, there's literally an excess of half dozen teams you could argue to be number one right now, which is what's so great about this season. Um, even more stunning that Clemson's not in that conversation. Um, but I think it's good for the sport to have this chaos. Um, you know, the field has caught up to Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, et cetera. Um, and we just get chaos. So, I mean, hell, Texas could be Oklahoma and lose the next two games. That's just, I mean... Yeah. That would break Twitter is what it would do. And I think there's really, I mean, they are probably, like, Georgia, Michigan, and Texas are probably a lot of people's favorites. But then there's there's a lot of teams where people could be like, yeah, I could see them Washington. winning it all. Yeah, Washington. there's about 10 teams yeah. right now that you could probably, like, have a chance of seeing win it all this year. Just because of, like, we had this discussion for the past 10 minutes, it's, there's no team that is head and shoulders above. Like Oregon could beat anybody. Washington could beat right. anybody. Penn State, Florida State, like the whole top 10 could beat. I mean, honestly, bumping it down to, I mean, maybe Alabama gets a little frisky because, I mean, it's still Alabama and we know what they're capable of. So, like, there's a lot yeah. of teams that could beat a lot of other teams. So, this this would be a fun year to have 12 teams if it was just based off of sole rankings. Just because to see all these teams in there, but I know it won't because of all the other dumb crap that would be involved. But right, there's still just not a clear cut favorite. No, I mean you mentioned Oregon and Washington. They actually matched up this weekend. I was taking a peek at Washington's near future. Oregon at Washington this week, eight versus seven, two five and zero teams. I, whoever emerges from that is going to be the favorite in the Pac-12. I don't think USC has the defense. We just saw them give up twenty unanswered. Colorado stands their best player on both sides of the ball. Um, so, if you worried about South, about Southern California defense, it's yeah, Colorado should not be scoring twenty unanswered on any title contender. And we saw they scored six on Oregon, and it was a merciful six. So, I think that is really the gap in just that plane of a way uh, that Southern Cal is just not there right now. Um, and yeah, Oregon against Washington. I don't know where game day is going. It should be there, but um, I think we'll know. We'll have another top five team, or I guess a top five team in the Pac 12 after Saturday. I think that'll be the odds on favorite to win the conference just because of how big that win is, even uh, as we just barely get into October. Um, or actually, duh, game is gonna be in Texas, I imagine, uh, which. 
Makes sense. Yeah, but that will be, be a key game to watch out west. It's a 3.30 kick, which is nice for everybody like us over here on the East Coast. Um, it'll be 12.30 all the way out there. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's wide open. And as much, the more we think we know, the more we're proven wrong. So, um, you know, I, who knows? Southern Cal comes out of the bye, plays defense, and blows everybody out of the water. Um, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. But it's uh, – it's going to be a hell of a finish. We're not even happy through the season. Um, so these teams will start picking up loss one and loss two, and that picture will get a little clearer. Um, but there is just so much more chaos ahead of us. Um, and what we've already seen is I mean, 2007 level, essentially. So, yeah, because Missouri is good. good <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. West Virginia is like four and one. I mean, that's. Yeah. And they were all, they were on the verge of firing their coach. Uh, they still probably should. But. So uh, they're taking advantage of a very down Big 12, which, uh, you know, Neil Brown pulling a Brad Brown L, more power to him. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't think I really got anything else on college football. I mean, Tennessee won their big Super Bowl this weekend. That's Spencer Rattler, speaking ill of any program in this country, is rich. Um, just first of all, get the hell out of college football. Number one. Um, number two, study, because you're not going to the NFL. In <laughs> school. You've been in school for uh, who the hell knows how long now. Uh, that Netflix check cannot be that large at this point. Um, or you just act like an asshole in high school for 40 minutes at a time. Um, yeah, South Carolina, there are a lot of questions about the head coach. It happens every time they lose, and it happens about twice a month. So, um I don't know. I mean, one, one thing about their head coach is that South Carolina fans are going to hate to hear this. Oh, the coach, record through. Yeah, <laughs> Coach Boom Muschamp had a better record through how many ever games that he's. It's like 38 games or something like that. It is right. one game better. and It's funny. But Beamer has won the bigger games. But Yeah, still. I mean, I, <laughs> I loved Will Muschamp because I knew. That as long as he coached within the rivalry that exists in late November, that Clemson would not lose to somebody that stupid. Um, so I was very sad to see him go because, uh, you know, and I won't say that coaching is why South Carolina beat Clemson, at least not South Carolina's coaching uh, last year. Yeah. But it just goes to show when the punching bag of East Town, anything can happen. Uh, that became a losable game as soon as Muschamp was fired. Now, I think they missed on the hire, which is nice. Uh, but still, it just shows you how low the bar is. And their new savior is a game worse than the idiot that preceded him. So that is uh, – that's tough. Um, but, again, you know, they won last year. So Can't we have say to deal much. With 31, you have to deal with 31-30 and reply to any kind of logic whatsoever. So, um, you know, that is what it is. Uh I'm going to let you brag. You haven't done it yet. I'm stunned. Uh, Kentucky beat Florida 33-14 oh, yeah. in Lexington. So I'll let you have that. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Um, I mean, I haven't watched an insane amount of Kentucky football this year. Because, I mean, they've played Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron. Is that Akron? Yeah. Akron, Vandy, and then Florida. Going to learn a lot about them this week against Georgia. But they just ran the ball 
all over Florida this weekend. Yes. Their running back had 26 carries for 280 yards. He was popping off for 10 and about almost 11 yards a carry with three touchdowns. They had 69 passing yards, and that's Devin Leary, who we've had our problems with him when he was at NC State. Yeah. But that game was over quickly. By yeah. Way. I blinked. Like, I, I was getting updates on my phone through it, and it was just like one of those things. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. It just yeah, kept it coming. Bad. Um, yeah, RIP yeah. to uh, the Gators. Billy Napier will be on Indeed very, very soon if that continues, even with the win over Tennessee. I um, think he'll he'll probably get one or two more years. Just I, he of, probably should, but I, the way the game's trending, as far as patience for the coaches, you just never know. Yeah, um, especially with what he was left to. That's fair too. Um, we almost went right past. We alluded to it like ten times. Uh, Notre Dame escapes. Durham, uh, Mike Elko, Durham is the wizard. toughest place to play in college football, and I stand by that. <laughs> yeah, it was the uh, B Clemson Bowl in Durham. Game day was there, first time ever. Uh, also, the millionth time ever you've seen why if you drop eight on third and long, you're stupid and bad things will happen to you. Uh, Stan Hartman picking up a fourth and 16 on the ground to extend a drive that ultimately won the game. Um, Duke had their chances early. Middle often um, estimated with a 30-yard run with 31 seconds left right after that fourth down conversion. Uh, Riley Leonard hurt late in this one, unfortunately. Hope to see him back, but it does not seem like it will be anything soon with an ankle, I believe. Um, you know, Hartman 15 and 30 for 222. Just an ugly grinded out win. They had to have it to preserve any playoff hopes they had. Um, a two-point conversion by Notre Dame. They go up seven. Uh, spread was five and a half, so some people not happy about that. Um, but, I mean, Duke now has an ACC loss, so that opens the door ever so slightly uh, for Clemson should they win out and Duke drops two more, which if Riley Leonard is on the shelf for an extended period of time. Um, Notre Dame's not in the ACC in football, remember? I forgot they're like Michigan. They're cowards and stupid. And although they <laughs> earned the right during COVID for Clemson to kick the shit out of them in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and we also do it in the playoff, too. We'll totally do it anywhere. That. that was the dumbest thing ever. That was stupid. Um, NBC sucks. And uh, so it was Notre Dame. So Sam Hartman. I, really showing thought, I thought you were joking for a second. No, I just... I, Completely. I glossed over the fact that they are cowards and scared to join the ACC in football. Uh, so keep your stupid TV deal. It's Longhorn Network, but for Yankee people. So whatever. Um, you're not going to watch the championship with NBC this year because y'all ain't making it because you can barely beat Duke. Who do they have next? I'm going to tell you right now who they're losing to. They go to Louisville. They're not great. Oh, here we go. Next Saturday, I'll be at this game. Southern Cal's going to come in, and they're going to win against Notre Dame 56-40 to 40 or something like that. Um, That'll be a fun one to go to. Southern Cal can't stop anything. Hartman's allergic to big game wins. Something has to give. Uh, so tune in to, I guess it's on NBC, to find out uh, prime time on the 14th, 11 days from now. But, um, yeah, it's just uh, everything with – TV deals ruined everything in sports. Um, but, uh, you know, Notre Dame, 
not invincible. Obviously, they really could have lost back-to-back games here um, if Mike Alco hadn't gotten too ahead of himself and thinking the game's in the bag. Um, but, you know, just like we gave Ohio State credit for coming from behind and winning in late fashion against Notre Dame, we've got to give Notre Dame that same respect, um, as bitter as their ACC participation may make me. Um, you know, it's still a good team. It's still a game I'm very worried about for Clemson, even at home this time around. Um, but uh, the Hartman-Heisman dream is all but dead. Uh, they're going to have to win out and make the playoff because they can't participate in a conference championship game because they're dumb. Um, so, you know, uh, so much was there for Notre Dame to see their own destiny and just kind of continue to reel off wins. But, uh, you know, the best team on their schedule came to town, beat them, and then uh, they almost turned that into two losses, albeit in – like you said, the toughest place to play in the country, uh, Durham, North Carolina. Um, not Dushevskyville, the football stadium. <laughs> um, and uh, they really should have lost that game, too. So um, not the worst split in the world, win-loss-wise, but it's one that's going to remove them from the contending piece of the national picture for a little bit. Now, if they made me eat my words in two weeks and beat Southern Cal, then we got something to talk about. Um, but until I see that, um, RIP – to Notre Dame in the playoff, at least for right now. Yeah, hopefully, you know, Duke, like we said, Duke loses a couple more. We'd like to see Notre Dame higher up when we play them just so we can get a good win, but we shall see. Which yeah, we will, yeah I'll be there for that game. I'm uh, pretty sure you probably will too. Yeah. So we shall see then. Um, but with the slate coming up this weekend, we'll get more talking about that per usual on the slate show. You know the deal. But uh, that's that's all I really got for college football. You got anything else? Uh, that's about it. Uh, bonus Notre Dame ACC rant in all. Um, yeah. The NFL is a trying thing for both myself and Bailey because our teams are dumb. Um, all right. You have a win. You have two wins. We have, we have two wins. Um, both featured giving up the ball on a fourth and one inside of round 30. So don't think I enjoy it. Uh, we almost lost to a mean backup quarterback. So I have uh, nothing to enjoy right now. <laughs> there is, there, there's literally not a spot for the Panthers that I you want. have the prospect oh, yeah, this is of awesome. a prospect of a redo uh, to select a quarterback. We talked about this a couple times and mentioned this in the group chat and stuff like that, but he, Bryce Young just has no help on the offensive line at receiver outside of Adam Thielen. Our coach called a play for Adam Thielen, realized Adam Thielen was not in the game and had to call a timeout. Our play calling is just wide receiver screen, wide receiver screen, draw. Wide receiver screen, run up the middle, get sacked. Like, it's there's nothing... Excited. I think he had two pass attempts beyond 20 yards Sunday. Um, yeah, and, like, it's hard to judge, like, oh, yeah, we just got the absolute worst first-round quarterback of all time off of four games when, I mean, he's only played three, but also he is just, he doesn't, he can't do anything. So it's, like, it's just really hard to really, and especially seeing what, like, Stroud and Richardson have done, they're, they're letting them lose to play, and... It's just like the Panthers are like, oh, okay. Let's let Andy Dalton throw for 356 yards 
and then we're just yeah. going to dial down the play play calling again. I mean, the situation where quarterback lands can also dictate uh, how they do. We saw Trevor Lawrence in year one. They were a one-win team. Uh, led by a female groping dipshit in Urban Meyer. Um, and we saw what happened when they hired a coach with a track record and proven success in this league. And Doug Peterson, uh, who had won a Super Bowl, beaten Tom Brady with Nick Foles, um, et cetera, et cetera. And that team has flipped on a dime, which is, one, predictable, and two, encouraging. Uh, and also shows that if you give any young quarterback the right tools in a good environment, they can succeed. Um, you know, D'Amico Ryan's in Houston. Are the Texans good? No. But Stroud has looked very, very good. They beat the Steelers 30-6 to in a game I was screaming from the mountaintops. It should have been a spread that was 10 points higher. Well, maybe 6 points higher. But um, that was very wrong about that Texans game Sunday. But um, they beat a underperforming Steelers team handily it was not close at any point uh mac canada has the latest sports personality to be outed for using a twitter burner because when you request a password change the email appears to be his i swear to god Steelers email so <laughs> um boomers and technology part who even knows um but mac canada is bad the Steelers offense is bad they have talent they don't use it um and I mean, Nico Collins in Houston has been absolutely amazing. Uh, Damian Pierce, not super dominant. Year two running back out of Florida has looked fine. Um, they've got a y- lot of young talent on that team. Um, the defense, I mean, they just gave up six points. I don't care who you play in the NFL. It's difficult to do. Josh Dobbs is scoring like 20 points a week. Um, so, uh, I mean, it just goes to show that things are going relatively well. In Houston, talking about relative expectations, people thought they might win three games this year. Um, but, you know, like you mentioned, four weeks in, a lot of football left. Um, so I, I think it's early for any kind of aspersions, especially on rookie quarterbacks. Uh, but I, I will say I've maintained since well before the draft took place that I would not have taken young number one. Um, but, I, you know, you know, Six weeks, a year, three years, that may look like the stupid mistake in the history of the internet. Um, or Bryce Young could be out of the league. But it's going to fall somewhere between those two extremes, as a lot of things do. Um, but, I mean, Jaguars kicking off the international slate in the league. Uh, they beat the Falcons 23-7. to That game was not close. Uh, it was only entertaining if you watched the Toy Story broadcast, which was actually, truthfully, not horrible. Um, I would much rather watch every game in Toy Story fashion the rest of the season than hear the words Taylor Swift ever again. So uh, that's just my preference between those two recent phenomenons. Uh, the oh, Miami right Dolphins, anointed as the best team in the world, they go in and beat Buffalo at, no, just kidding, they give up 50 points and loss because Tua is trash and Herbert's better. Um, I, I told you all, if you dare the Buffalo Bills to remind you how good that team has been lately, um, it's going to happen. And boy, did it happen because that Dolphins defense is pretty damn good. And coming off a 70-point offensive outing against, albeit a bad Denver team, uh, they lost by 28 points. So their point differential was 98 points different. Excuse me, I can't do math. 
78 points different than the previous <laughs> week. That's got to be one of the biggest complete flips ever, one way or the other. Um, I mean, where do you think the hierarchy shakes out currently in that division, in the AFC well, East? I mean, with what we've seen, I mean, you got to go Buffalo with the head-to-head matchup. I mean... Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. The Dolphins really haven't played. I mean, outside of Buffalo, they I mean, they played your Chargers. They beat them. Valid. That's a solid one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Denver is not good. Denver's bad. Yeah. <laughs> we we had two of the – we had two 0-3 matchups this week, and it was a barn burner in a bad game – in a bad game of, up in Chicago. The um, team's down 28-7 and 10 nothing, both won. Yeah, they so, and then I, I mean, yeah, they all the Dolphins also won a seven point game against a bad Patriots team. So, yeah, but I mean, the Patriots I, quickly they lost close to Philly, they lost close to my. I mean, at, at what point are the close losses? I mean, they're still not a good team. Uh, Judon's hurt, Christian Gonzalez is hurt, so they ain't getting any better. Um, but I, I mean, I enjoy. Nothing more than turning on my TV and watching the New England Patriots lose by, checks notes, 35 points on national television. Uh, but I think prior to running into Dallas and having, like I said, maybe their two best defensive players hurt, uh, they weren't horrible. I mean, now they're going to be horrible. Judon's out oh, yeah. the whole year. Christian Gonzalez is banged up. Uh, Mac Jones still the quarterback. He got benched for Zappi, which didn't work. This Cowboys team... That's probably about the worst time to play a contender in the NFL is after they lose to the team whose win projection was three and a half handily. Uh, so I think that was just the case. I mean, Dallas, I don't think they're going anywhere. I think that Cardinals loss could have been a sign of it's just not their year again and Jerry Jones is going to have to drop dead before this team wins anything. But, uh, I mean, Dallas-wise – where you see them in the NFC now bouncing back in a very, very large way, watching Philly struggle again, uh, having the Niners in mind as the top team whole, probably in the whole league. Yeah, if I mean, like you said, if the Super Bowl was today, it's the Niners are winning it. <laughs> like, uh, then yeah, that's oh, like, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think Dallas is like one of those teams that are probably going to, I don't know, the Eagles, like they – we saw what happened with them and the Commanders. Commanders are over time is what yeah, happened. I think the like a couple of years ago, the NFC is just going to absolutely beat up on themselves, like they have yeah. done so many years in the past. I I it's just like one of those things. That, I mean, they they're probably going to be the Cowboys of the playoffs, like they usually are. So right. it's just it's just like a wait and see kind of thing. Um. Right now, my Super Bowl probably would be the 49ers. And I want to say the Bills. I mean, their wins have looked the most there too. Yeah. promising. I mean, you, Aaron Rodgers goes down with a torn Achilles and you lose on a punt return. Like, okay. That's, <laughs> that's right. just, just NFL for you. Right. So that would probably be my Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I'm there too. So actually, it's. Like I said, I mean, Cowboys, they're going to be good. They're going to be around. We're going to find out a lot more here in like a week or a week and a half. No, this week, yeah. 
Uh, Sunday night football. I'm oh, sure. we absolutely are. Yeah. yeah, 49ers and Cowboys. A good, good old-fashioned rivalry game. So we'll we'll see exactly where they're going to be standing. That is appointment viewing. I don't know what I'm doing Sunday, but it will be somewhere in front of the TV because I am watching that game. That might be the two best teams in the NFL right now. I, it will <laughs> feature the best team. Uh, but um, And then Monday night, we're treated to Packers Raiders, which is an abomination, but we'll leave yeah. that there. Um, Hopefully you're, uh, you're back in Greenville by 820 on Sunday night. Well, you're, you'll my, be golfing. Take my green jacket and uh, <laughs> back up to Greenville. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, that is going to be the best. I mean, Dolphins-Bills, probably the most important AFC matchup, of course, with the Rodgers injury. Being in mind of that opening week or season opening game. Um, but Bills we're going to find out a lot about. Bills and Chiefs don't play this year, right? They should. Do they not? They really should. That would be awesome. Yes, um, they do. Week that. 14. And okay, so Bills will be coming off a of bye week. That will be. Oh, that's after. They got Philly, bye week, Kansas City, Dallas, L.A. Chargers. That's a, that's a stretch. That is a gauntlet and the Chargers. Um, but that's, I mean, we're going to learn a lot about them. That's backloaded, too. Good Lord. I'm going to be beat yeah. up. Um, and they ended the season at Miami. Wow. Okay. So clearly, Bengals fans making their schedule. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the two heavyweights in the NFC right now, eye test wise, what we've seen, obviously, it's hard to pass the eye test with a loss to the Cardinals. Um, but that being said, it could be a blip on the radar if they, I mean, they just kill the Patriots team that, like I mentioned, has been keeping it thing things uncomfortable with other perceived contenders. Um, so, I mean, that's good to see. On a bounce-back note, uh, they're going to San Francisco. They're a four-point dog at the moment. I'm going to be really interested to see where public uh, money ends up on that one. Probably San Francisco. Um, but it's only Tuesday night as we sit here, so got a long way to go um, in reality and the betting market. So uh, we'll keep you posted on that on the slate show like normal. Um Staying in the NFC, though, where are your thoughts on the NFC South at the moment? Because I was pretty <laughs> adamant that Tampa Bay was going to win Sunday. Uh, I mean, does that shift the favorite status in that division in your eyes? No, not really. I think it's going to be kind of like the NFC East. or the, Yeah, the NFC East where we're going to beat up on each other, but it's going to be like a, a, like a lot worse kind of beat up. Like, it's just going to be, this is just very, very bad football. Why are we watching this? Can someone please figure out how to play this game kind of ordeal? Right. But I would lean towards the Bucks, the Bucks being the favorite. Unless Derek Carr gets healthy, I, I, this might be the only division he's capable of winning. Uh, <laughs> so... Yeah. It's it's just it's a mess. I mean, we're sitting here only four. We're gonna win eventually, right? Law of averages suggests yes. Uh, here's another one. I'm just looking at standings overall here. There are four three and one teams in the NFC: it's Dallas, Detroit, Tampa Bay, Seattle. Where do you see Tampa Bay amongst those four? 
how you listed them. That's fair. I, I mean, one Maybe. is set. I think four is yeah. set. But uh, I mean, I, I doubted Detroit last a week ago, and they whooped up on my beloved Packers. So uh, that's what I get for not letting go of preseason um, thoughts. But the I mean, Detroit is rolling, and they, uh, like I mentioned, they kicked off Week Four with a resounding victory over Love and the Packers 34-20. It got a little closer than that at points, but that score was pretty reflective of how the game went. Um, the Lions do get your Panthers at home in Detroit this week. So, um, I, Lions look like a teaser candidate to me, just looking at uh, the Lions as the ESPN app presents them to me. Um, but, again, teaser for the Slate Show. Um, we will have all that covered there. We might not cover that game but i might have a bet on it so um i mean any other big takeaways from week four in the nfl we spent a lot of time on nfc just because i think the afc is so wide open right now um that it's really difficult to even decide what we think of the top teams chiefs bills dolphins um and beyond that it's just even more chaotic what version of the chargers are you going to get can we trust jacksonville yet with every team in the afc south sitting two and two currently uh, the AFC North looks like Baltimore's to lose potentially. Um, my, which, I think my biggest question with the AFC is what's going on in Cincinnati, and I think that's a lot of people's questions too. What's going on, Joe Burrow? I know he's hurt, but yeah, and I mean, not to get off on a tangent of individual players, but when Justin Herbert was running around crack ribs last year without his top three receivers and et cetera, et cetera, and still winning games. No one felt sorry for him at all. Every loss was still seen as his fault. And, I mean, one or two may have been. But he played through injuries the entire year, played through supporting cast hurt. We saw T. Higgins go down with the re, re injury, rib injury Sunday. Unfortunately, it looks like he may miss a bit of time. He was leaving it open uh, when talking to media about coming back immediately. We just don't know. Um, but Joe Burrow has gotten every single pass imaginable, and then they've also invented more for him. And I don't quite understand it. I, I mean, you lost the Super Bowl to an ancient Matt Stafford. Like, at one point, does the luck just run out? And we just acknowledge that, yes, that was an incredible run. But you have to be held accountable for 2023. I don't care what happened in 2021. Like, it's just, at what point do we look in the mirror and say, you may have started to say this just now, but I, the Bengals just aren't good, and there's no real rhyme or reason to it. They have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins still a top five and absolute worst receiver duo in the NFL, um, obviously with T. healthy. But, I mean, they're 0-2 in the division. Both the games have been on the road. But, I, I mean, you just, that's, a, that's just really, really, really hard to come back from. Uh, so, I mean, as far as the division goes, they're in a bad spot, like I mentioned. The Ravens on the flip side, 2-0 in the division. They sit at 3-1. But, uh, I mean, how many more times are we going to think it's the Bengals? They'll figure it out. They're always bad in September. I mean, what if they, it just doesn't happen this year? Um, I'm hoping for, oh, yeah, this week they're going to figure it out because, I mean, I got them in a lot of fantasy leagues. Um, But that's just my personal reason. And I want to see be able, I want to see T be able to do, have someone throwing to him, but. Hopefully he'll right. sit out for a bit, get healthy. It's just, I mean, it's just terrible timing for him to play like this. Obviously, after signing the, that mega deal that he got, 
we knew he almost oh, that's got the other it. piece of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talk about people again. What was all over your Twitter timeline last night during Monday Night Football? Taylor Swift. With, with regards to quarterbacks. Taylor Swift. And Daniel Jones. And his contract. Well, Taylor Swift. Uh, yeah, that too. But I, people get on whatever outlet they use and shit on Daniel Jones, Kyler Murray, et cetera, for not playing up to the level which they're paid. Phil Burrow got signed to the biggest contract in the history of the sport. He is one in three, and they have lost to the Titans by 24 and the Browns by 21. Neither one of those teams can make the playoffs. Mm. And they should have lost to the Rams. They beat them 19-16 at home on Monday night. Um, they lost the whole matchup to Baltimore. So if you start looking out on the horizons of division aspirations, that's that's a darkening picture. Uh, they get the Cardinals in Arizona this week. I'd like for you, I don't know if you've seen this or not, to guess what the spread is. For Bengals and Cardinals? Bengals at Cardinals, yeah, this week. Bengals minus two and a half? It's three. Okay. And the public money is on Arizona early in the week. Yeah. <laughs> if you lose to Joshua, middle name here, Dobbs, that's it. That's it. Now, I realize Dallas did it, but Dallas won by 30 the week after that. They get the Seahawks at home after this week. After that, they go to the Niners and get the Bills at home. They're not winning either one of those games. As we sit here, they're not. So their best case is they win the next two to get to two and three. And then they're two and five. And there's a buy in between there uh, somewhere. Actually, no, there's not, which is even worse. Um, I just I don't know when it's going to happen, because right when you think you get momentum, you pick up two wins, you're feeling OK. You're not winning in San Francisco. And I, I mean, the Bills, we've seen several different versions of them this year already through four weeks, but I don't think they're beating the Bills either. No. And if you're two and five, or three and five, or whatever that is, three and five, there's not a lot out there for you as far as, I mean, they could sneak into playoffs, sure, but the AFC, I mean, you just look at the quarterbacks in every team in this, this half of the league. It, there's no real break. I mean, they get Stroud at home. They get Steelers at home. They go to Jacksonville later in the year. I mean, that's there's not a real spot in the schedule for them to start ripping off wins and make up for this slow start. And I don't think it's going to get any better. Because they play like they have been. They're not going to be in one streak anyway. I don't care who they play. I mean, it's just that. Tennessee's not good. They beat the Chargers. They martyred. That's not a Sunday. Like I said, they might not make the playoffs. We don't know yet. It's whatever the hell Tannehill has left in the gas tank, because after that, there's about three young quarterbacks, and none of them are good. So, uh, I don't know. That, to me, has been shocking to watch. Um, 
one and I mean they struggled. They were 0 and two last year, and they obviously rebounded and um, continued on as expected. But the one and three now, and like I mentioned, they have two very winnable games followed by two very 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 losable games. So if they split these next two, and then they lose the two that we think they're going to lose, I mean that's yeah two and six. At that point, forget it. If you're, I don't care. There's a year the Chargers started like that, made the playoffs. That's a long time ago. Um, you're just not doing it. So, uh, I mean, Zach Taylor could go nowhere. Uh, you paid Burrow a billion dollars. So, unless Burrow walks into GM's office and wants him fired, I don't see a path for him to be ousted. And uh, on that note, who are you going to go hire? Uh, it's not like college where there's like a dozen guys just sitting around. Like, there's no Dan Mullen on TV in the NFL. There's Urban Meyer, which – he should never coach football ever again. I'd rather hire John Gruden than him. Uh, and Gruden can't coach either. So um, I, I don't know where they go from here. I, and that Burrow contract, every loss they have, it looks that much worse. Because if you don't want a Super Bowl with Burrow and you pay him that money, call him Mike Trothrush's life. I don't know what else to do. I mean, that's bad. That's And that's a failure at every level of the team, not just Burrow. Um, but uh, – I don't know. That has been one of the more surprising things NFL-wise to me this year. Um, you know, you could say the Texans getting off the map, the Cardinals beating the Cowboys. That's probably the most surprising single game thing. But, yeah, like I don't think that the Magic's going to be there for Cincinnati this year. And, uh, I mean, I wasn't super high on them last year after 0-2, and they obviously rebounded and got the matches fine. But I don't know if that – like, that switch is going to get flipped one time, and it's not going to work. I think that might be this year. And the AFC, especially a quarterback, is loaded. I mean, Zach Wilson statistically outplayed Mahomes last night. Uh, I mean, it's not – I don't know. I, they The Bengals are in real trouble. And now T. Higgins goes down? I mean, good luck. You mentioned it briefly, but this was the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career that – or something like that, that a quarterback statistically outplayed him. And it just happened to be Zach Wilson. But, yeah, not much going for the Bengals. Just, it's, you would like to think it's going to get better at some point, but we shall see. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, for T's sake, I hope so. But, yeah. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I mean, we say it about Alabama all the time. They've got championships behind that, I hope. I, yeah. And Zach Taylor is no Nick Saban. So, I, I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. And that contract makes it that much more scrutiny-worthy. Because uh, exactly. as soon as Penn hit that paper, you have got to win a championship. Like, one. Otherwise, uh, every person in the building is being fired. Not that they'd even last long enough to see the end of this contract. But... Um. Yeah, that's raw. I mean, the Chargers are in a similar spot. They just paid Herbert, and they're two and two, and they don't look very good. But um, it's not the quarterback's fault. That's the difference. It's the defense's fault, uh, which can be fixed or, in some cases, overcome. Um, but when the quarterback's playing bad, you play bad. The uh, Jets, New York. So uh, I mean, that's pretty much it for. NFL have a whole preview of the slate for week five on the slate show. That look for that on Friday. We'll record that two days from now. 
ideally. Um, but yeah, so that's most of the gridiron things worth touching on. Uh, moving to the diamond, though, because it is October. There is playoff baseball. Uh, the Twins get their first playoff victory since 2004, uh, back when the curse of the Bambino still existed. Two games going on right now. We've got the Brewers and the Diamondbacks locked at a 4-4 tied, bottom of the fifth. Milwaukee threatening, though. Bases juiced, no outs. And then uh, how's that game in Philadelphia looking? Uh, currently, Philly is up 3-0 into the bottom of the fourth. Um, Marlins, you might have had a good run. Marlins, man, is in Milwaukee right now. I'll make that clear. Which is wild. And then I know he's been having issues with the ownership there and yeah. the great state of Florida. But, yeah. It, I mean, playoff base, nothing really beats playoff baseball. It's just a different vibe in those stadiums. Uh, did you uh, see where um, – oh, I had the stat saved. You mentioned Tampa. Their total attendance for game one of the playoffs was 19,000 people. It couldn't that fill just, up 80% of the stadium. That can't happen. I That team is too good to have that kind of support behind it. I don't care where the stadium is, how weird it is. I, they deserve better as players. Um, and they're I get a good that, team. They've been good for years now. I'd rather have 19,000 to show up and care than have 35,000 and you know, 12,000 be influencers and people that don't watch the game, but uh, there's a happy balance to be had there, and they have got to figure something out because that team is too good. They were in World Series three years ago. Uh, yeah, that's just I feel bad for the athletes, coaches, staff, etc. involved looking up at seat back um, in one of the biggest games of their whole season. Uh, and I believe Tampa lost today as well, so uh, mm-hmm. glass now. Getting the loss, unfortunately. Um, I mean, Tampa is one of those teams that's very easy to root for, um, but that's not an aspect you ever want to see. They got more fans on TV, um, but it's you know, like you mentioned, it's a whole different atmosphere. The games mean more. The weather gets colder. Um, but uh, as we both sit here as Braves fans, I alluded to it earlier. The Braves won the World Series in 2021. They were not the favorite. They were not supposed to be in the playoffs. They were 41 and 41 at one point in the season. All-star break-ish. Went on a tear, got hot at the right time, which we've seen so many times uh, teams pull off. But being now that they are the odds-on favorite by a decent little margin here to win the entire thing, I read an article from ESPN today talking about Riders picking matchups. They're the overwhelming pick to win the World Series. Like, does that shift the mindset in your eyes at all? Like, does that change how you view this run wherever it ends? It definitely kind of shifts expectations. Like right now, I think majority of Braves Twitter and Braves fandom is like, "This World Series a bust. We don't win the World Series. This is a exactly that. That's crap yeah. Year. That's what I'm getting to. That yeah. Right. So whereas in 2021, NLCS was great yeah last year was disappointment relative to expectations but now the expectations are heightened even more yeah and um, probably had one of the best offensive seasons 
in history of baseball. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned a very stupid take about the Braves in the all-time, but that one I think is accurate. Uh, yeah. I mean, long balls win in October. They're not the most dependable thing in the world, like I mentioned. Uh, competition increases, temperature decreases. Neither one of those things is conducive to home runs, but uh, this Braves team hits them against anybody and everybody, so um, that's going to help the pitching staff a bit in flux. Um I think that's something they can figure out. They don't have to go through a wild card round, which is kind of a blessing, kind of a curse, because, you know, you don't get to see the guys in action for a bit longer, but you also get to sit back and study the competition. Um, well, the Braves, they're, they're doing this thing where they're doing live workouts. So they played a scrimmage basically today, and Max Fried got back-to-back homers hit off of him, which in and of itself is like, oh, it's a good sign. They're still hitting bombs, but it's also off Max Fried. So that does not make you feel. Yeah, I mean that's awesome. That's, that's glass half full, glass half empty. Uh, you know, as long as Free doesn't do that when lights come on and there's more than nineteen thousand people in the stadium, uh, I think that's fine. But also, you're facing the best power hitting lineup in the history of the game, home run wise, tied with, but it's the Twins. So I lean to uh, the Braves. So, I you know. For that reason, I wouldn't be too concerned. Now, if there was another pitcher doing that, although he struggled with the long ball too, uh, maybe. But, uh, I mean, how do you feel about three and four in the playoff rotation, just given the Morton injury, Elder being hurt? Like, how does that uh, – I mean, I know it's not always the set thing in the playoffs. It have to be a guy's bubble up. We saw the bullpen in 21. Has several uh, unsung heroes become. I mean, Matzik got a bobblehead out of it, as he should have. Um, I'm trying to see what our lineup is looking like for, like, what our roster is going to be, and I can't really find anything. So, like, I feel like it's going to be like Smith Schauver is going to, because he started, he was the other pitcher for today. So it's like, who who else are we going to lean to? It's, it's I got really got to look at it. Yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't act. I mean, we see teams adapt, overcome, improvise, all that stuff uh, in the middle of playoff runs. Um, but I just think with the pressure being what it is on this Atlanta team, every single move they make to try and make things work is just under that much more of a microscope. I think that might lead to negative outcomes, but this team has been resilient. I mean, they've ripped off the best record in the big, big leagues this year. They've looked like the best team for almost the entirety of the season. Um, uh, so, I mean, but the expectations piece of it is what I wanted to lead with is because that's the biggest difference in past playoff months. Now, I mean, the work AA has done to sign the core in long-term, uh, reasonable price-ish, uh, what, are you, what are you balking at? I just, um, I just looked at our current roster. Uh, no, it's just active, but... Just our pitchers is Jesse Chavez, Dylan Dodd, Bryce Elder, who is iffy right now, Brad Hand, reliever, Glacius, reliever, Jimenez, reliever, Pierre Johnson, reliever, AJ Minter, reliever, Shaver, Strider, both starters, Tonkin, Winans can start, Kyle Wright can start, but he's been out of the bullpen the past couple weeks. I mean, we have the offense. To, like, I'm not, I'm not scared. Well, I, I, of, yeah, like, you can still win games nine to six. Like, that's, yeah. that's on the table. Um, 
I think it's that, just that one game where they're off, and that could be the deciding factor for a game. Right. I mean, is what worries. The long me. ball is counting for three pointer. If it's not there, and that's your mo, you better have something else pop up that night. Otherwise, you're gonna lose. Um, and this Braves team is talented enough offensively and pitching wise. Um, that I mean, again, I keep saying because it, it was incredible to watch in 21. You know, that bullpen stepped up in ways that you wouldn't believe. Jock Peterson on the other side of the ball um, with the bat in his hand, doing some good things. Um, You know, there's always unsung heroes, even for the favorite. Um, So I I think that that's important to look out for and recognize. And I'm sure that, you know, myself, you, Jacob, will all have opinions on that. We might do some post-game reactions, little bits and pieces, 10, 15, 20 minutes along the the way for the Braves. Um, But... They are exempt from the wild card round, so that is a sign of an impressive regular season. Um, so who knows? But um, you know, anything we do, non-main pod related with the Braves, we'll tweet out ahead of time, give you guys a heads up what's coming there. I would love to sit down and do post-game wrap-ups, but um, mm-hmm. you know, schedule, game result, etc., can dictate that. Um, but um, you know, now that we're all locked in, I have made the Braves duo into a diehard trio uh, for the next month or so. So um, a lot of exciting playoff stuff. The NBA season kicks off this month. No one cares, but um, I totally did not realize that that snuck up on me. I started seeing press conferences and exactly. like media yeah. pictures. And I'm like, are we get, is that, is it almost all the time? And then I realized it's October. Right. Um, so some sports closing baseball, uh, NHL also getting underway in October, and really no one cares about that. So I will begin and end the NHL segment with that piece of information. But um, I watched more NBA in a week than my beloved co-host combined in a year. So I will do a lot of that. Probably blog form, maybe. Maybe solo. Uh, court if we get back into well. those, we were doing those prize picks and just kind of like our bets for the night and stuff right, like that. Yeah, that was- something Get me to watch more games. Yeah. Right. Something to drive engagement, keep us involved, get some suggestions, maybe a fan pick of the day, prop wise, something like that. We will uh, find ways to integrate our beloved listeners and make it engaging, even if it's a sport you might not necessarily watch a lot. Uh, There's still the entire betting angle of it. It's limited scope here in the great state of South Carolina. Thank you, Lindsey Graham. Our roads still suck. If only there was something you could tax and fix them. but with that being said, um, that's really about it this week in sports. This will be a medium-ish sized episode, hour, about 10 minutes probably, post-edit. Yep. Oh, there is a big thing going on in sports this weekend. We got the uh, third annual third annual PGI tournament here at the house. Uh, Grayson will be in attendance for it, so we're supposed to have Jacob too, but in LDS and one certain pitcher pitching took took prior or took top priority for that which fair but yeah that is this weekend go check out the compound country club twitter we'll probably link it here in a couple days once things start kind of popping off on that account so be on the lookout for those updates as well um maybe one of us might win it or win some flights and money so we shall see I have a puncher's chance in poker. I do not have that same opportunity on the golf course. So uh, 
if I win a flight, I cheated. I'll put it like that. Or I had the iron game of like Tiger Woods for three hours. Who knows? Um, you know, <laughs> three rounds. I will celebrate like Tiger Woods. I have no doubt whether my scorecard has two oh. or three numbers in it. Also, speaking of golf, Zach Johnson can go die in Iowa. Never to be heard from again. In case you're wondering, Ryder Cup was just—it was awful. First, after the first yeah. four matches, Friday, it was over from there. Tried to get a little spark with Hatgate. You know, Max Homa played his balls off. That dude was on fire. Justin Thomas proved why he should have been there in the first place. Um, other than that, Europe was good. Hovland is an absolute stud. Um, and look forward to Beth Page Black in two years when it comes back around. So. Might have to find a way to get us up there. I feel like that'd be something top bucket list sports event to have go to. So, yes, location and uh, occasion for sure. Uh, but that's it for this week in sports. We're on Apple and Spotify for now for your ears, potentially YouTube down the road for your eyes. Still working on some back end stuff with that. Um, Twitter at the 1009, creeping towards 550 followers on there. So, any kind of updates you want from us, links to this, uh, picks, bets, all that good stuff are posted and recapped because transparency does matter, even if your bets are bad like mine have been lately. Um, but with that being said, that's all we got this week. So we'll talk to you guys later in the week with this late show. Deuces. Subscribe. <laughs>